Luke chapter 15 in your Bibles tonight. It's good to be here, and uh, I love our church, love, love being here at Bible Baptist Church, and uh, my family and I have just enjoyed the first full year uh, of being members here, and uh, I appreciate all that the Lord has done uh, here in our lives, uh, in this place, and, uh, uh, and all that He's going to do. Uh, I love Bible Baptist Church. I mean that with all my heart. Uh, I loved Bible Baptist from afar for many years, from a distance. And I never was a part, but I was able to come to different meetings that, uh, that the church had had. And uh, I, I, I was always, in, I always enjoyed the services, the, how the Spirit would move. And, uh, and I'd go back and think, well, that's just that special service. You know, that, uh, that's how they have it. And then I got to come on a Sunday morning and uh, be a part of the service. And I thought, well, okay, this is just this Sunday morning. And, uh, and now for almost a year and a half, it's every service. And uh, I'm glad to be in a part uh, of a church that's alive. Amen. Uh, I, I've been in dead church. I, I promise you that. Uh, if, you, if you're here and you have gone uh, any, any other places around, uh, you, you, you know what you've got here. And I praise the Lord for, uh, for Bible Baptist Church. I thank the Lord for our pastor. And uh, I praise God that uh, he's a man of God that uh, lives what he and practices what he preaches, and uh, and has character and integrity. And I praise God for him, and uh, has a good name. Uh, and I just love our church. And tonight, uh, Luke chapter fifteen, and uh, in this passage of scripture, you find a couple parables and a story. Uh, three lost things. Three lost things. You have a lost sheep, a lost the lost silver, and a lost son. Uh, these three lost things. And then you find three found things. Uh, they get found. The sheep gets found, the silver gets found, and the son comes back and he gets found. And there's a statement that is made that I want to draw out to you from these stories that, and uh, try to be a help to you and encouragement uh, tonight. In verse number 6, uh, speaking of the sheep, after the shepherd had left the 99, he goes out in the wilderness, he finds it. And the Bible says in verse 5, it said, When he had found it, he layeth on his shoulders rejoicing. So he's rejoicing over the fact that he found his sheep. In verse number 6, it said, And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them. And notice this statement, Rejoice with me. Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Then in verse number 8, the Bible says, And either what woman having ten pieces of silver, and she lose one piece, doth not light a candle, and sweep the house, and seek diligently till she find it. And when she had found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the peace which I had lost. And the Bible goes on to talk about the prodigal son, how that he takes uh, his living and goes out to a far country, wastes his substance with riotous living, finds himself in a hog pen there and he comes to himself and he returns back to the father and uh, he comes to the father and said, I'm no worthy to be called thy son. Make me as a hired servant. And the Bible says in verse 22, but the father said unto his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. And they begin to have this party and the, you know, the elder son, he comes back and and he's upset and he said, you haven't killed, uh, give us me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. And 
And he said in verse, and the father said in verse 31, he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. He said, It was meat. He said, It was uh, it's reasonable. It's, 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 it's the right thing to do. It's meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and alive again and was lost and is found. Rejoice with me, the Bible talks about here. Now, again, I love our church and one of the things I love about our church is, is, is the fact that uh, folks aren't afraid to stand and give testimony. And tell about what God has done in their lives. I think uh, Brother Danny alluded to it in his, uh, just a moment ago. Brother Barnes preached and when he gets up and he began to exalt the Lord and talking about how good it is to be saved. And I tell you, it's good to be saved, isn't it? Uh, I'm glad I'm uh, no longer lost, but I've been found. I'm glad that I'm no longer blind, but I've been given sight. I'm glad that I'm no longer dead, but I'm alive. I'm glad I was, was on my way to hell, but now I'm on my way to heaven. I'm glad I'm saved tonight. I like that word saved, S-A-V-E-D, saved. Uh, I'm glad that God saved my soul. I was 14 years of age when I got saved. I was raised in a Christian home. My parents are here tonight. Uh, they brought me up in church. I, I never knew a Sunday where we didn't go to church. Uh, we were brought to church all the time, every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Any revivals we had, anything going on at the church, we were there. And for 14 years, I lived lost without Christ and worried about that thing. Sometimes in the Holy Spirit began to convict my soul of that I was on my way to hell and that I was lost. And I got concerned about it. And it was on a Wednesday night. We were on a youth retreat in Townsend, Tennessee, right beside, right up near Sevierville in Murphy, in Pigeon Forge area. And and I was on a Wednesday night there that I raised my hand and said, I'm lost. And I came forward as a 14-year-old church kid, knelt there at a chair behind the pulpit, and the pastor, Brother Martin, took his Bible and showed me that I was a sinner on my way to hell, that Christ died for me, was buried and rose again the third day, and he gave his life for me, and he's, he's alive right now. If I trust in him, he'd give me eternal life. And I bowed there as a church kid and prayed and asked the Lord to save me, and he saved me. Give me eternal life. And, and listen, that's something that uh, has changed my life forever. And I tell you, it's the greatest day that I go back to. It's the most wonderful time that I could ever think of was the day I got saved. And I tell you, what I want to do is when I stand up and, and if I were to testify to that story, listen, I want folks to rejoice with me because I was lost and now I'm found. These folks here in this passage of scripture, they had lost some things. The shepherd lost his sheep and he left the 99 and he went out. And I don't know how long it took him to find the sheep, but he searched for it and he looked and he looked and he finally found it. And he brought it back and he was rejoicing. And it was so good to him that he thought, well, other people should rejoice with me. How wonderful this is that I found my sheep. And he called his friends together and said, rejoice with me, rejoice with me. This lady lost her silver and she swept the house and searched diligently for it and, and looked and searched and finally found it. And said, here it is. And she rejoiced. And she called her friends and said, rejoice with me. Why, even the Bible it says, it says in verse seven, Jesus said, I say unto you likewise, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over 99 just persons that need no repentance. There's joy in heaven. There's rejoicing in heaven when someone 
get saved. That night that I got saved, I didn't know it, but that night as a 14-year-old boy, when I got saved, when I was bowing my knee and praying and asked the Lord to save me, way up in heaven, somebody stood up and shouted and said, glory to God, woo, wonderful, he just got saved. And there was rejoicing and joy in heaven. And others there with me began to rejoice with me. And I rejoiced in the fact that I was lost, but now I'm found. Lost, but found. The church itself, our church, we go to a wonderful place here where folks aren't afraid to testify. I love to hear the testimonies. I love to hear the testimonies. The men that sit on the front pew here, all the way around, stand and tell testimony of how God saved them. I love hearing Brother Barnes stand and tell about being over that old bar and how the Holy Spirit come into his room there and, he, and, he, and the Holy Spirit said, come on. I like how he says that. He says, come on. And he got saved. And the Lord saved him. I like hearing about the springtime of 57, 58. Is it 58? I like hearing about the springtime of 58 when a seven-year-old boy trusted Christ as his Savior. It never gets old to me. I like hearing about a man who gets saved at First Baptist Church of Lakeview. If you can believe that, he said. Amen. I like hearing those testimonies. I like hearing about a man back here who just stood up a moment ago and said, it's good to be saved. Good to be saved. And listen, those testimonies that are given, let's, let's not ever get over the fact that folks are rejoicing over the fact that they're saved. And you and I as a church, we have a responsibility to rejoice with them. Rejoice with them. I was in a church, the last church I was in, as a matter of fact, and I just happened to be the pastor of it. All right, and I won't tell you the name of it unless you know it. But I was in a church that when I went there, I don't think they fully understood who I was and what I believed and all that, but they voted on me anyways. And I figured since they voted on me, they wanted what I had to offer. It wasn't long until I found out they didn't want what I had to offer. And I, I, I'd, I'd have folks and try to prime and I'd try to beg and plead. And there were some folks in that church, if I gave them $100, they wouldn't testify. They wouldn't tell anything about the Lord. I don't even know if they knew the Lord. I doubt they did, some of them. And I'm saying to you, I've been in places. I know what I'm talking about. I've been in places where testimony service dies, where folks don't like it. And I'm saying to us tonight on this first service of 2020 at Bible Baptist Church, let's make sure that we don't let it die. I'm saying to us that anytime someone stands up to brag on the Lord, that you and I say, hey, I want to rejoice with them. I want to rejoice with them. The Bible commands us to go to church and to edify one another. The Bible says in, in Hebrews chapter 10, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to the good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. You see, we're to exhort one another. We're to... Tell folks that, hey, I want to build you up. I want to encourage you. And one of the ways we do that is to rejoice one with another. Paul wrote to the church at Rome in Romans chapter 12 and verse 15. He gives us command. He says, rejoice with them 
that do rejoice. The psalmist said in Psalm 34 and verse 3, David said, magnify, oh magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. You see, when someone stands up and gives testimony, it's not just their time to talk. It's not just their time to put on their little uh, uh, rendition uh, 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 and, and, and their little part of the service. When someone stands up to give a testimony, they're, they're asking and they're beckoning out to you and I as members to rejoice with them. Rejoice with them. And listen, you have a part in the fact of, of rejoicing over the fact that God has done a work in their life. I think just last Sunday again, I, 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 was, I was helped by uh, uh, Miss Nikki getting up and testifying about soap. How many of y'all remember that? I mean, she said, she said it like this. She said, and I hope I get it right. She said, to think the God of, of heaven cared enough to give me soap in my kitchen. Now, folks, listen to me. That's the God that you serve. As you sit and you listen to the testimony service, that is the God that you and I serve. When someone stands up and tells about how God answered their prayer, they're not just telling about something that happened to them by mistake or by happenstance. They're talking about a God in heaven that they went to and that they called on and the God of glory reached down and met their need. The God of heaven came by their way and touched them. The God of heaven walked by and said I want to make myself known to you and I'm saying to you and I that you and I have an opportunity at that moment to rejoice with them to rejoice with them oh don't sit and just say well I hope this hurry up and ends I hope they hurry up and stop so I can leave oh listen that's a good way to let that to, to, to kill this church I'm telling you, it's a good way to just let the whole thing die if everybody gets bored with it. Never get bored with hearing about the Rose of Sharon and the Lily of the Valley and the bright and morning star. Never get bored with the one that can save your soul from hell. Never get bored with the fact that folks have a God that met their needs. Oh, never get bored with that. Always allow God to work through your life and, and bring back to remembrance those things that you have that he has done for you. See, do you know what it means to be lost? When somebody stands up and says, I'm glad I'm saved, and they give a testimony about being saved, what it means to me is when I sit in that pew and when I think about, I remember being lost. I remember being lost. I remember the nights crying my eyes and crying myself to sleep, worried about dying. I remember going into my parents' bedroom and as a young boy, 13 years of age, and going in there and seeing if they're still in bed, make sure the rapture hadn't taken place. I remember getting blankets together and going there and making a pallet on the floor lying down in their own room to sleep because I was scared about dying. I remember what it was like to be lost. I remember what it was like to have no peace in my heart 
I remember what it was like to to worry about going to hell. I remember what it felt like to, to be lost and have no purpose and have no reason for living. And listen, when somebody stands up and tells about being saved, I want to remember what it's like to be lost. And these folks were calling their friends and saying, rejoice with me because they found something that was lost. You ever lost something? Your parents ever lost a kid? You ever lost a kid for a second? I mean, I've, I've lost our kids for a second and it scared me. Being lost is scary. Being lost is, is nerve-wracking. Being lost is uneasy. There's an uneasy feeling in being lost. There's, there's, there's scared uh, uh, and anxiety and worry in being lost. And I know what it's like to be lost. And having no peace and no, no, no comfort. Being on the edge. Being worried all the time. When somebody stands and gives testimony, I think about being lost. When I think about somebody being lost, I know what it means to be found. Amen. When somebody stands and talks about being saved, I know what they're talking about. When somebody stands and talks about the Lord saving them, the circumstances of our salvation may be different. Are you listening to me? All of our circumstances in our salvation experience may be different. I was raised in church. Not everybody was raised in church when they got saved. I was 14. Not everybody was 14 when they got saved. I was, I was on a church uh, youth trip. Not everybody was on a church youth trip. Everybody's circumstances may not be the same. But I tell you this, if you're saved, you got saved the same way. You got saved because the Holy Ghost of God came by and told you you were lost and convicted you of your sin. Listen, if you've never been convicted of your sin, you've never been saved. If you don't get convicted, if the Holy Ghost doesn't tell you you're lost, you cannot get saved. The Bible says that no man cometh to the Father unless the Spirit draweth him. When you get convicted of your sin, now I'm not talking about some spooky, mysterious thing. Listen, you'll know it if the Holy Ghost is talking to you. If you're lost, the devil's not wanting to convince you you're lost. He's wanting you just to get over it. He'll smooth it out for you. But if there's something in you telling you you're lost, that's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. And I was convicted of my sin. And when somebody stands up and talks about being saved, I remember the night I got found. I remember the night the Holy Spirit convicted me of my sin. I remember the night, listen, if you got saved, you got saved according to this book. The Bible says that we're saved by faith. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, and faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You don't get saved because you felt a warm fuzzy. If you don't get saved according to this book, you don't get saved. The Bible tells us how to get saved. Not our feelings, not our want-tos, or, or, or not our desires, but the Bible tells us how to get saved. I'm saved tonight not because I feel saved, because I don't always feel saved. I know I'm saved tonight because the Bible 
tells me how to get saved and I got saved by the way the Bible tells me how to get saved. How does the Bible tell us how to get saved? I'm glad you asked. The Bible tells us that we're all sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5, 12 says, Wherefore by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin and death passed upon all for all have sinned. We're all sinners not by uh, choice but by nature. The book of Ephesians tells us that we are by nature the children of wrath. We're sinners because that's the way we were born. Adam sinned way back in the garden and that sin nature passed upon all men. And all have sinned because all have come short of the glory of God. And listen, I'm saying to you, you get saved, first of all, by knowing you're a sinner. No, no righteous person will get saved. Jesus himself said, I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. I've come to call sinners. Paul said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners. He doesn't save righteous people. He saves sinners. If you sit here in your own self-righteousness, you'll die and go to hell with it. And many people will. Many people, Jesus said, Lord, Lord. He said, many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord. I mean, these are people calling him Lord. Lord, Lord, have we not uh, 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 testified? Have we not, uh, uh, Lord, Lord, have we not, uh, what's that? That's right, cast out devils. I forgot the verse, all right? Lord, Lord, have we not in thy name cast out devils and done many wonderful words? He said, I say unto thee in that day, depart from me, ye that work iniquity, I never knew you. He doesn't call the righteous. He calls sinners to repentance. If you sit in your own righteousness, if you sit and try to justify yourself to yourself, you'll never get saved. I did that for a long time. I sat and tried to justify myself to myself saying, well, I go to Sunday school, so I'm okay. Well, I know some Bible verses. And by that last verse, you wouldn't think I did, but I know some Bible verses. So I'm okay. We'll sit and we'll justify ourselves and, and think, well, I'm a pretty good person. And, or I'll do better, I'll do more. But you don't do more to get saved. You come to the realization that you are a sinner. You know that. Once you get to that point, you say, I know I'm a sinner. You say, then what happens with sin? You see, that leads you to the next thing. The Bible tells us how to get saved. He said, you're a sinner. And because you're a sinner, you deserve to go to hell. Not praying, not reading the Bible. The wages of sin is not going to church. The wages of sin is not doing better. The wages of sin is death and hell. And you get to the point where you realize, I know I'm a sinner and I deserve to go to hell. You're a candidate to get saved. You're a candidate to get saved. Then it leads us to the good news where the Bible says in Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us. He paid our price. The preacher took his Bible and showed me I was a sinner, that he died for me and that, he, that, that I was on my way to hell and that Christ died for me. And then he rose again the third day. He said, if you'll put your faith in Christ, in Christ alone, See, if you quit hanging on 
to everything else. If you quit trying to be better, if you'll quit trying to rationalize everything, if you'll quit trying to say, I'm going to heaven because my daddy's going to heaven. No, you repent of all that. Change your mind about all that that you're hanging on to. Change your mind about all that that you think is going to get you to heaven. Repent of all that and turn to Christ. And if you turn to him and he'll save you. He'll save you. And that's what I did. I took all my faith eggs and put them in Christ's basket. And said, I'm trusting you and you only to take me to heaven. And you know what happened to me? I got saved. Now, I don't know your circumstance, most of you. I don't know your circumstance. But if you were tonight to stand up in this service and say, and give your testimony, and tell all the circumstances that surrounded it, and you come to the point where you say, I knew I was a sinner on my way to hell. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and I trusted him as my Savior. You and I have something in common. And you know what I can do with you? I can lift my hand. I can raise my voice and rejoice with you because I know what it's like to be found. I know what it's like to be found. My question tonight, and I'm done. My question tonight is to you. Do you have reason to rejoice? Some of you, I wonder. I'm not saying you have to worship like Brother Laddie. Preacher says this all the time. You don't have to worship like Brother Laddie or Brother Jack or anybody else. You don't have to praise the Lord like a loud mouth person would. Not that these are loud mouth people. You wouldn't have to do that. But I'm just saying to you, do you have something to rejoice about? Rejoice with those that do rejoice. Be glad. Listen, when someone stands up for testimony time, you know what that's doing for you? Listen, that's not a time for you to check your your phone or or, or look down. That's a time for you to perk up. You say, well, I know what they're going to say. Well, listen to it anyways and rejoice in the fact that they're still rejoicing over being saved. And it ought to take you back to a time where you got saved, where you can rejoice in the fact that you got saved. Rejoice. Listen, do you have reason to rejoice? If you have reason to rejoice, let me encourage you. And listen, I've learned this in just the short time I've been here, and Brother Laddie, I believe, will agree that testimony service is not just for a hand preacher doesn't come to us ahead of time and say, now you testify and nobody else. I'm glad we're at a church where if anybody wants to say something for the Lord, they have the opportunity. You don't know how blessed that is. I'm telling you, it is not in every church you go to. If you're here tonight saved, if you're here tonight saved, You know what you have opportunity to do at any service that this church provides? Is to stand up and say, I would like for y'all to rejoice with me that I was lost, but now I'm found. I'm saved. I'm saved. Does that make you rejoice in your own heart? How many glad you're saved tonight? Amen. Aren't you glad you're going to heaven? Aren't you glad you're not going to hell? 
Listen, when the songs are sung and the, and the testimonies are given, you and I have opportunity to rejoice. Rejoice. Now, I don't know if I picked the right sermon tonight. I feel like I just scattered everything all over the map, but the point of this message is tonight is this, is number one, get it, you have opportunity to get involved. I'm saying to you, you don't, you don't have to just wait for Brother Laddie to get up to rejoice with Brother Laddie. Allow Brother Laddie to rejoice with you. Don't just leave it to everybody around you to testify, to brag on God. Don't just leave it to the ones down front. Hey, if you sit in the back, get up and testify and tell about how good God's been to you. I'll tell you what it'll do for you. It'll help you in the service. It'll help you in your Christian life to just brag on God. It'll make you pray more. Listen, when somebody talks about prayer prayer, and God answering that prayer, it makes me want to pray more. It makes me want to get a story. Amen. Why don't you go get you a story and brag on God? I don't make it up, but uh, get one for real. Let God answer your prayer. Brag on Him. Then rejoice. Amen. Let's stand together tonight.